0: Inside a rough and ruthless newsroom, thousands of stories fight for the spotlight. Only a few survive past their 15 minutes of fame. So what makes for a good headline, and what makes for a buried byline? Join us, two former TV news producers, as we dig up stories that never got the recognition or justice they deserve. I'm Mallory Wilson. I'm Megan Delucine. And this is Buried Bylines. Do you have things you would like to say? Ooh, that sounded like ominous. <laughs> <laughs> are there things you would like to say, Megan? Yeah, it's almost our podcast birthday. It is, which we are going to be celebrating our podcast birthday in like the best way possible because we are going on. Indie Now, which is the lifestyle show in Indianapolis. We got invited on to talk about the podcast, which is exciting. I know. And so we'll be doing that like the week of our one-year anniversary. It's crazy. Yeah, you you pointed that fact out and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. It's crazy. Early March, we start I mean we started working on this long before that but we launched in early March and so yeah we're approaching the one Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. and what a year it has been (laughs) I have a baby that I didn't have when we started this podcast (laughs) you were pregnant for like a majority of the (laughs) first year that's true maybe that's why I was so angry It could, you know, well, I don't think so. I think you're just always angry. (laughs) I'm just angry (laughs) in general. But yeah, we're really excited to continue growing the podcast. Thank you to all the OG listeners. We appreciate you. We want to get these cases out to as many people as possible. We have a lot of fun things coming down the pipe, too, that we're excited for. A lot of cool guests as well. So that's exciting. I'll do my plug. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, please, if you like us. If you don't, don't let me know because I'm fragile um, and I might cry.
1: Just <laughs> Only be quiet. tell us,
0: only give us compliments. Only... We don't want to hear any negative criticism. <laughs> compliments only, thanks. But that being said, if we like make a mistake or if there's something you think we could do better, definitely let us know. But nicely, again, fragile. We have a new Facebook page, Newer. It's not really new anymore, but we have quite a few likes on that, so that's exciting. Share it with your friends. New logo, which is super cool. We yes. talked about that last time, but I still love it. Oh, my mind is crazy. I just remembered when we were talking about what we should wear at the Indie Now thing, Yeah, and then we both go black. black. <laughs> <laughs> just... It's, I mean, it is like 90% of my closet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But. Yeah, because we were like, do we, do we make shirts or is that, is that kind of tacky? And then we we're like, or oh, you just wear black. black. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, I'm stalling uh, because you told me this was going to be a sad one. It is really sad. It is like, I usually go into every case with a little bit of like optimism. It's a lot harder with cases that you know are Unsolved. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, mm, but. uh um, then it's just sad the whole time. It's sad. It's really spooky, honestly. Yeah. So I'll let you be the judge of what you think. But today we are discussing an Indiana cold case. So the investigation is out of Rush and Bartholomew counties, which are like rural areas southeast of Indianapolis. The case is from 2002. So it's a little bit newer compared to some mm-hmm. of the ones. I have a tendency to go for like 70s and, and uh, earlier. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's listed on Indiana State Police's cold case website. So let's run through the synopsis before diving in. During the late evening hours of June 17, 2002, 46-year-old Nancy Lyons' 1993 red Nissan was discovered abandoned along County Road 700 West at County Road North in Rush County. Authorities noticed the van was still running, but unoccupied. The trunk was open and the left rear tire was flat. Personal items were found in the car, but Nancy Lyons was nowhere to be seen. I don't want to spoil the entire case, so I'll leave it there. I think that's a good place to start. I was like, Um, immediately, don't like any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Because at its core, this is just like a very bizarre missing person's case. And... Mm -hmm. That's also kind of where the trail of news coverage starts. So on June 19th, 2002, the Rushville Republican printed a missing persons profile for Nancy. Below her picture, it reads, search on for local woman. The initial information released was that Nancy was last seen Monday, June 17th before 8 p.m. at the Rushville Walmart. Which, (laughs) my in-laws live in Rushville, so I know that, like, that Walmart ceases to exist now. Oh! So, this was before the Walmart closed. That's weird that you say that, because I don't think I've ever seen or heard of a Walmart closing. I don't know why. I still don't know why it closed. That's the spookiest part of this case. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last place that Nancy was seen. Her car was found near Carthage, which is where she lived. And Carthage is located (laughs) in this, like, triangle what's the triangle the is it the aruba triangle or whatever fuck what's a bermuda bermuda triangle okay it's kind of like that it's like in between it's like greenfield knightstown and rushville which are all small rural towns to begin with and it's an even smaller rural town like right in the middle of that triangle i'm gonna need t-shirts that say aruba triangle (laughs) right now aruba Um, I didn't say like that. that I'm not that stupid. No, no. And then that reminds me, this is off the walls already. I think we're just trying to not (laughs) be sad. But also, you don't get to say anything about anything when it comes to geography or location. (laughs) Correct. But (laughs) when it's like that video. That's like, hold on, hold on. Her sister was a witch, <laughs> right? She came down in a bubble, dog <laughs> But it's like arugula, Aruba, Aruba, I Aruba, Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, Ooh I, I wanna know. take. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> We're anyway, already. okay. Carthage is like in the Aruba <laughs> triangle. <laughs> The Aruba Triangle of Greenfield, Rushville, and Perfect. But it's like in, it's technically in Rush County, even though it's closer to like Greenfield, it's in Rush County. And so officials were asking anyone with information to contact the Rush County Sheriff's Department. The following day, the Daily Reporter in Greenfield published a more in-depth article about Nancy. Some of the information and the way it was presented struck me as odd, but it's the early 2000s, so what are you going to (laughs) do? The article opens by saying that Nancy was known around Carthage as the woman that walks. What does that mean? Does nobody Um, else in town walk (laughs) around? I don't know. Maybe she just walked every day. She's an avid walker. Okay. Neighbors described her as a pretty petite woman who was friendly and outgoing. They also mentioned that Nancy struggled with arthritis and complications from a gallbladder surgery several years prior. I didn't know why they said that, but her sister Deborah echoed the same sentiment, saying Nancy was friendly and outgoing. She said, "Quote: She never meets a stranger. I guess that's a bad thing right now." Aww. I was like, sad. "Damn." The article goes on to say that Deborah, her husband, and daughter had all turned their house in Carthage into a command center dedicated to finding Nancy. It had only been three days since Nancy went missing and already people in the community were calling out police. They were like, you guys aren't doing enough to locate Nancy and this is... Part of, like, the article, so we're, like, three days removed, is when we find out that, like, her trunk was open, the car had a flat tire, inside the car was her purse, cell phone, medications that she needed, and other just, like, belongings that you wouldn't leave in your car. Mm -hmm. Officials said the quiet part out loud, stating that it was obvious Nancy had been taken from the scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I'd say pointing. So. I'd say so. Real quick, this is giving it's an infamous disappearance in the true crime world. You've probably heard it, you might not recognize his name, but the disappearance of Brandon Swanson in Minnesota. Does that ring a bell to you? No. Okay. So he was a college kid and he was celebrating the end of the spring semester and he was headed home. He drove his car into a ditch, was fine, but he called his parents on his phone. He didn't know exactly where he was, but he told them, like, he believed he was near this area, and they drove out to pick him up, but they couldn't find him. And he stayed on the phone with them until he went silent, and he wasn't heard from since. So, like, there was still, like, a bunch of shit in his car. Like, it was just very eerie and weird. So, that immediately made me think of that. Cause like, maybe I have heard of that case. I guess I didn't realize it was in Minnesota though. Yeah. yeah. But Nancy never called anyone. No, I know. I'm just saying like the car and like all of the stuff in it. And like, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause like he got out and he was like, I see the town, like this specific town. And they drove exactly where they thought he was and he wasn't there. And they found his car like somewhere else. Like, it's just, it's just weird. But that's what that's what my mind went to just like a freaky, freaky disappearance because the car was running like that's crazy. Yeah, Uh, that's the craziest part to me, too. This one will take a bit of a turn that makes it not like that other case at all. But we'll get there. (laughs) All right. So Deborah's husband, Roland, gave police the benefit of the doubt, though, acknowledging that they have certain rules and procedures they have to abide by. Roland said they had been frustrated at times, but were comfortable with the information they had. Again, we're less than a week into this. So it's still very early. Indiana State Police Sergeant Steve Coomer said surveillance from the Walmart in Rushville confirmed she had been shopping there on Monday, June 17th. We also learned that Nancy's flat tire had a punctured sidewall, which means it wasn't necessarily like she had rolled over something directly. It was like on the side of the tire, but they couldn't determine if it was intentional or accidental. Roland said, quote, I think the suspect is a local person who knows this road, maybe even knows Nancy. She would not jump out of her car and make herself vulnerable unless she trusted who pulled up behind her. I think it was somebody she's seen around town or a nicely dressed person that she felt was an honest person that she could trust. I think they grabbed her and hauled her away. The Rush County Sheriff, Marvin Hendrick, told me he thinks that's what happened. Which pause I think she was trying to change her own tire and somebody came up. Yeah. I mean, that's possible too. I don't know what kind of car she had, but like sometimes the donut is in the trunk. Yeah. So or maybe yeah. like somebody pulled up and was like, hey, do you need help? And she was like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see anything, like, about a Jack or anything, so, like, okay. I don't think it got, like, that far, but right. I think that line of thought is probably correct, like, she That's was looking only for a spare tire or, yeah, like, uh, yes. Okay. Officials say a small white t-shirt was found on Rush County Road 700 West near Carthage. They didn't know if it was Nancy's, but police collected it as potential evidence and searched the area. The article states that hundreds of people had searched the area near Nancy's abandoned car, hoping to find clues to her whereabouts. A state police helicopter with an infrared camera was used to scan the area as well. Officials said the corn was so high they had to search from above, but nothing was found. Heritage Community Bank in Carthage set up a fund to help the family with expenses. Neighbors said the money could be used for anything that helped with searches like food, gas, or printing flyers. And in the event that Nancy was found dead, the money could be used to help lay her to rest. That's really nice. It was so nice. I can tell you the family used some of the money to hire an outside party with trained search dogs to help. The team flew all the way from Maine to assist on the case. It's reported that the dogs had more than 200 hours of training and could pick up a trail where other dogs have failed. On Saturday, June 22nd, the dogs spent five hours in the field, but they didn't find anything. The Daily Reporter said a second group of dogs were being brought in from Ohio for additional searches. Meanwhile, police were working to determine if Nancy had any romantic partners. She was not married and did not have any kids. Roland told officials there were some guys who wanted to go out with Nancy, but he didn't know who they were, and if she had any former boyfriends, he hadn't met them. We also learn why the information about her gallbladder surgery was so important. So whatever complications Nancy had during that surgery made it so that she couldn't work. Oh, okay. So Nancy was unemployed. She did have a couple like side jobs through friends, but she didn't have, she was like on disability. Okay. On June 24th, exactly one week after Nancy went missing, her family became overwhelmed with the search efforts. They were fielding calls for tips and leads. Roland said it became too much, so they decided to surrender their help and fully turn the case over to police, where it probably should have been contained from the beginning. But (laughs) I respect the family for wanting to be involved. I honestly can't believe police were. Letting them take in leads and tips by themselves. I was like, why are you guys fielding calls? That's weird. I mean, at one point, Roland's number was included in a couple of articles with the push to contact police. So, like, it was like, if you have any information, call police or this number. At the same time, ISP responded to rumors about a van containing a body. Officials said that information was either untrue or not tied to Nancy's case. So small town rumors, just people throwing shit to the wall hoping it'll stick. A few days later on June 27th, The Daily Reporter publishes a second full feature article on Nancy Lyon's disappearance. They say the entire situation has put neighbors on edge, causing them to be more careful walking around alone and leaving their homes unlocked. Women and children stopped going out at night, especially alone. The outlet reports that in the last two weeks, the growing camera crews had dissipated. As I mentioned, the family's in-home command center had been shut down, and the search dogs had been sent back to Maine. The Daily Reporter goes on to paint a picture of just how small the Carthage community is. So there are less than 930 people who lived there in 2002. Damn. They had seven churches and one stoplight. So one stoplight. <laughs> this isn't exactly the type of town where like, quote unquote, stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that crime doesn't happen in Carthage, but the outlet says it's mostly related to drugs, alcohol or domestic disputes. No good. So this sort of missing persons case of this level is a first for the area and admittingly police are not really sure what to do about it. By July 2nd a reward is offered to the public for any information that could help bring Nancy home. Her family said quote the emotional plea of money is not something that comes easy for us and five thousand dollars seems like such a token amount we just want her home. Officials told the Rushville reporter that tips just were not coming in. Any tips they were getting were way too vague and wasting police resources. For example, in early July, someone sent an email tip saying Nancy could be found within 20 miles north of her abandoned car. That's obviously a huge area for police to cover, but they tried. And officials are now turning to national outlets that specialize in locating missing persons. So they're trying to outsource the work too because they don't know what to do. Yeah. Nancy's case was also featured as a Crime Stoppers plea. So it was printed a couple times in the Indie Star, which is great to help get the case kind of outside of the small communities yeah. that it's tied yeah. to. In late July, the search for Nancy expanded south of Carthage and along the Blue River. By this time, cadaver dogs were brought in to try and potentially locate Nancy's body. But that area is near a sewage plant, and police say that that can sometimes throw the dogs off. Yeah. Additionally, the family hired a private detective to help investigate the case. And just to remind you of the timeline, this is all happening within six weeks of her disappearance. So, okay. I feel like the family was really on top of everything from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like police were to the best of their ability. Yeah, as well. I think so too. And like reaching out to other dates, like other organizations, could potentially boost media coverage too. So I sure. mean, um, they were doing what they could. Well, with not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward to October of two thousand and two. Nancy's family gets the news that human remains were found in a field near Columbus, Indiana, two counties away. Deborah immediately turned over Nancy's dental records to the state police to help determine if those bones belonged to her sister. At this point, it's been four months since Nancy went missing. Police say a farmer working in the fields of eastern Bartholomew County found the remains. He described them as scattered bones. No clothing was found at the scene. Indiana State Police would not elaborate on any further details, only saying they turned the dental records over to forensic experts who were examining the body. So that's something I think about a lot, which is, I mean, I'm weird, but like whenever you drive by like a cornfield, I'm like, you could put a body in the middle of it and it won't be found until they harvest. Yep. Uh, Fortunately, they didn't have to wait much longer. Within a day, it was confirmed. The bones found in the Bartholomew County field belonged to Nancy Lyons. It was something community and family members feared. Since June 17th, investigators are forced to pivot because this is now a homicide case. And I saw a lot of coverage being like, police believe it's a homicide. I'm like, I don't understand how it could be anything other than a homicide. I know, I Be know, fucking but fucking for real right now. Okay, they're just crossing their eyes and dotting their teeth. I okay? know, but I'm just like, don't. You know. do not have to spell it out like we're fucking we stupid. We yeah, know I know it was a homicide. I know they're just attributing their sources, ma'am. <laughs> officials said it would be weeks before experts could determine how nancy died according to an interview with wthr nancy's brother-in-law roland believes this is the work of a potential serial killer he said quote he's just too perfect he's done it before i guarantee you when they find him they'll find he's killed other people and if they don't stop him he'll kill someone else one if he's killed other people, yes, he's a serial killer, too. That is jumping to 100. I kind of stand by it. I mean, I do, too, but we had a lot of interstate killers through Indiana, mm-hmm. but that was, like, in the 70s, wasn't it? Or was that also, like... 70s and 80s, yeah, in Ohio and in Indiana. There were a lot of interstate yeah, killers, yeah. So it could have been random, but, I mean, in this tiny town on a random road... I don't know. It just, it seems weird to jump to that immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's a, like a person she didn't know that killed her, but. Yeah. And so it was just bones that were found. It wasn't anything else. Cause that's quick decomposition. I feel like. Well, for... we'll get to that, but. Okay. They said that they found almost every single bone in her body. Okay. And it was probably hot. Cause Indiana gets hot in the summer. Yeah, I mean, she went missing in June and they found her in October. Sometimes it's still fucking hot in October. That's true. Yeah, so the decom could have been quick. All right, I'll stop. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Bartholomew County Prosecutor Joe Koenig said Nancy's body had been dumped along the side of the road and had been there for some time, not days or weeks, but more like months. He went on to say the bones were scattered across 300 yards of the field, likely due to animal interference, such as a coyote. On October 23rd, what would have been Nancy's 47th birthday, neighbors, friends, and family gathered for a celebration of life, and they released 47 yellow balloons into the sky because yellow was Nancy's favorite color. Megan's shaking her head, and I knew she was going to. I know. (laughs) I know. It's a hill I'll die on. Balloon releases are nice, but they're terrible for the environment. They, I mean, plant some yellow flowers. Plant some flowers out there. Yeah. And I was gonna say that coyote should be charged for impeding an investigation. <laughs> yeah, lock up the coyote. <laughs> it's just the way animal interference. Lock them up. Came up with that all by myself. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Roland and Deborah said the hardest part was not getting to say goodbye to Nancy, even though they say she's in a better place now with God. Which I feel like is the hardest part It's so awful and sometimes I think I'm like I don't know what's worse is like If someone Uh dies so suddenly And tragically or If I don't know if that's worse than Knowing someone's gonna Die like I truly don't know know What's worse like at least if someone Is sick or you know they're gonna die You have time to find Peace or make amends or Say goodbye or then you watch and like waste Away yeah so there's Yeah and that and it's also like Like, which is worse, finding the remains, knowing your loved one is dead, or not finding them and not knowing what happened, you know? I think think finding the remains gives you a little bit of closure. You don't have to sit and wonder every day, like, are they still alive or what happened to them? Yeah, that's true. It's just all bad. It wasn't until November 19th, 2002 that we find out Nancy's cause of death. Officials say she died from a blow to the head. However, that's all they know. Police say they still don't know where, when, or how it happened. So they don't know if, like, when she got out of her car, if someone immediately hit her over the head and, like, took her away. I feel like that's not the case because we'll get into it. But there's there's literally no evidence near her car, on her car, anything. So, like, I... So they probably just, you think they just snatched her? I genuinely think someone went up and just snatched her off the side of the road. In the weeks that followed, there were a few articles published with all the facts and information on nancy's case but there were no updates community members were still fighting for the case though in march of 2003 a justice for lions walk was scheduled outside the rush county courthouse many showed up with signs and flags begging for answers in the case Then the one-year anniversary came around in June of 2003, and family members reveal even they don't have additional information about the investigation or potential pieces of evidence. Police say that's because there is no evidence. There's nothing on her car, at the scene where she was found. They said everyone in Carthage has their theories, including the police— but they just don't have any evidence to make those theories stick. I want to know what the hell that theory is now. Why would you I say know, that? I know. I would love to hear what people's theories are. I mean, I'm sure they're bouncing around some of the same ideas that we are. But basically, right. until someone comes forward, this case isn't going anywhere. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. So I kind of hit a wall in like June of 2003. I mean, there were multiple articles that followed for the second year anniversary, the third, her 50th birthday. They all came and went and each piece of coverage read something like, searching for answers or woman's death still a mystery but mm-hmm. I do have to give props to both the Rushville Republican and the Greenfield Daily Reporter for continuing to cover this case extensively I mean up through 2020 2021 they're still posting information about her oh, wow. That's and they good. continue That's Yeah and they continue to publish like call outs for information which is just it's just really great for the family I feel like to mm-hmm. see that people still care and that's all families want, really, just to not let their loved one be forgotten in to eventually hopefully get justice. But like you said, like, yeah, unless somebody comes forward, or there's like a confession, we're not gonna mm-hmm. know what happened. In 2012, 10 years after the murder, a Facebook group was created and dedicated to Nancy's case. It's called the Nancy Lyons Project. The page is run by Nancy's siblings. They post about the case and deliver any possible updates. I know I kind of only talked about Deborah because Nancy moved to Carthage to be close to her sister. But Nancy was actually the middle child of eight kids. So she has a bunch of siblings. They That's all grew up. <laughs> they all I grew up and like, Oh my God. Marion, Uh, another small town. I know. They say Nancy loved to sing and dance and stay up late talking or going on walks. She didn't have kids of her own, but she did work off and on as a nanny. She also spoiled her nieces and nephews rotten. I think the scene of Nancy's abandoned car tells us everything we need to know. Mm -hmm. She had a flat tire, and we don't know if that happened organically or if she was, like, targeted and sabotaged. But I think it's fair to say that no one would leave their car running on the side of the road and they wouldn't leave their purse and cell phone and like critical medication that they needed inside the car. I think she didn't go missing on her own. No, I personally think she was targeted and like taken advantage of someone who pretended like they wanted to help her. I don't think. It is out of the realm of possibility that whoever did this, like, killed before, not saying they're a serial killer or, like, but I'm just saying, like, whoever it was probably had done this before or did it after. Yeah, because there was no evidence at all, and, like, it it looks like she just was plucked out of the earth, like, just gone with no evidence, like, yeah, so that, to me, does lead to, like, the theory of some experience. Yeah. It's incredibly sad because the family has never given up on their fight from the beginning and it's clear that police tried really hard but they ran into a dead end. There's nothing they can do without evidence or a decent lead. Even in the last 10 years they've tried recreating the scene of the crime, hoping that it'll stir up a new trail for them to follow, or maybe someone new will pay attention to the case and maybe they forgot something. I mean, you never know, but Mm -hmm. there's just nothing currently propelling this case forward. And what's appalling to me is that even, and this is why I feel like the cops really did everything they could buy the book because even like throughout this course of time like nobody's ever been publicly called out as a suspect or a person of interest so like even if they have their theories and think it might be a certain mm-hmm. person or a certain thing like they are not acting on small town rumors they're keeping it very by the book and not dragging anyone which is yeah great but also just it feels so it feels so unsolvable to me. Yeah, it's almost like they don't have anybody to drag. Yeah, I mean, this crime happened in 2002, and that's not that long ago. I think there's a chance that this killer is still out there. So if you do know something, it's not too late to call police and make it right. The phone number for the Indiana State Police in charge of this case is 812-689-5000. I really hope that they can put this one away somehow, some way. I just... With no fingerprints, no blood, nothing. 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 Other than how spooky the scene is that she disappeared from. Like... Yeah. It literally, I think, she got out to change it. And maybe somebody didn't even pull up to, like, help. They just pulled up and immediately hit her or... Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. And you have no idea, like... No idea if this person is, like, from Carthage or one of those three, like, smaller surrounding areas that they, like, would frequent or mm-hmm. if this was just a random person. I mean, this person could have lived anywhere. Right. And they just dropped her in a field in Bartholomew County, which was, like, 40 miles away. But, I mean, it could have been 40 miles in any direction. There... Right. I just... I'm truly, I don't know, I'm, like, baffled. I feel like most of the cases that I pick, I can, like, come up with my own conclusion or something that I think might have happened. But with this one, I really don't have any idea. Yeah, there's nothing. And, like, to me, the fact that the car was running and she's just gone should have made it, like, go national. hmm But it's in such a small town. Yeah. That it's hard to get a story like that picked up. I tried to look to see because you know it seemed like there was really really good coverage of this I didn't live here in 2002 and we were kind of young I don't know if you would remember seeing something we were like seven. this yeah we were seven so like far <laughs> far before I started paying attention to the news um yeah but it is just like, it seemed like the local media. I mean, I saw Wish and WTHR had posted stuff about it. I mean, the hyper local, like newspapers, they were all over it. The other. Outlets across the state, like, were helping share it. So, it was definitely yeah. covered, like, statewide. I just don't know. Like, I tried to look up and see if anything else crazy was happening around this time. It was summer of 2002. The only thing I could find was that in September of 2002, there was, like, a crazy tornado outbreak in mm, central mm-hmm. indiana but it wasn't really on the east side it was more like central and south central oh, like yeah. i really don't know and i i, I hate mean, that i know but to bring it to bring it back to the case i mentioned before brandon swanson so his is infamous like if you listen to a true crime podcast they're going to cover this at some point but he's still missing so that could be part of it like they found her Mm-hmm. So there's closure because, like, we know everybody, quote unquote, loves the mystery. The like disappeared and is still missing to this day. Like, yeah. So maybe the fact that they found her body could have been a little bit of why it didn't get so much attention. But that's crazy. And yeah, unfortunately, unless somebody comes forward, we're not gonna know because there's just no evidence to look back on. I know it's really <clears throat> frustrating, right. it's sad. It is really All right, well, and sad. Yeah, Do I you have, have something soundtrack. for me? <laughs> Thank yes, you. I do. I guy looked it up immediately after you texted me and we were like this is sad. I was like great. All right. Did you know the universe's average color is called a cosmic latte? Or it's called cosmic latte. Like that's the color. So in a 2002 stu- that's weird. Oh. 2002 That's weird. That is freaky. In a 2002 study Astronomers found that the light coming from galaxies averaged into a beige color that's close to white. So it's they named it cosmic latte. That sounds like a good nail polish color, like a like a light <laughs> beige. Whenever I think of space, I just think of like black and darkness. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear that it, the average color is like a whitish yeah, from galaxies. Yeah, huh. <laughs> cosmic latte could be a great drink. Or a great nail polish color. Pairs best with a cosmic brownie. 100%. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We need to make that a signature TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. If we ever get big enough to tour, we're going to have our signature cosmic latte. And then we're going to serve cosmic brownies on the side. Or like how they do indie people. 16-bit. And pins, I believe, are owned by the same person Uh or same company, but they make like super cool drinks, and like sometimes there's a whole ass mom pop in it. Like there's like whole candy or like rock candy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we will do a cosmic latte, and it's gonna be like coffee, hints of coffee and cream in it, and then we're gonna stick a square of cosmic brownie on the side of the glass. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) as former journalists we wanted to give credit where credit is due for this case i got my information from the rushville republican the greenfield daily reporter the indy star the madison courier wthr and indiana state police you can find a complete list of our sources in the show notes please make sure you check them out bye Bye. what is your favorite little debbie (laughs) um we were talking about I've Jake really, and I were talking about this the other day, actually. I've really been into oatmeal cream pies lately because oh. I'm in a mom group on Facebook of November babies, and I think they were just trying to be funny. But I tell this to my husband every time. It was a lady that was like, "Hey, if you're if you're struggling like with lactation, I heard oatmeal cream pies can like up your milk supply." Say less. Yeah, and I was like, "It's <laughs> like, babe, we have to get like three boxes just <laughs> because like." I mean, Do I'm an overproducer, know. but still, I want to make sure that I keep up the supply for my child. That's hilarious. What I about you? am a personal Star Crunch gal. I love a Star Crunch, dude. Highly underrated. Oh, I agree. It's but I so think good. A close second is the Nutty Buddies. Ooh. The peanut butter nope. chocolate. Nope. That's the records, ra- 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 though. And I'm like, Thanks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, thank you. I'll do a Swiss roll. We'll do a Swiss roll instead. I do. Maybe that's all we'll serve at our um, live <laughs> show. <the laughs> Little Debbie's and nothing else. Hey, it's nothing if not cost effective. Correct. At Little Debbie's. You wanna sponsor us? We're gonna sponsor us. Just begging. Personally for any spread the rumor that oatmeal cream pies can increase your milk supply if you're breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye.